0: ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930 present The Drive.
1: Welcome into the Tuesday, June 21st edition. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. Thanks for tuning in. We will take your phone calls this hour, 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Our text line is open as well. It's 304-396-TALK. You can text it, 304-396-8255. I'm excited to welcome back to the program next segment Michael Swan, the head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team. We've got schedules that are out, so we'll talk to him. I'm excited to hopefully talk to Chris Grassy next week, but Michael's up first, so I'm looking forward to doing that. And of course, we got a lot to get into. I know we say that every day, but it feels like it's true because football has been busy again. There's some news from softball, Sunbelt Soccer. I think we gotta start there though, because the men's side is is shaping up to be a really strong league. One of the teams that I think we all can agree on that was a great opponent for Marshall. The football rivalry became a little one-sided after a while, and that's just a testament to UCF and the way that program has grown. But Marshall and UCF, great rivalry. At least I thought so. I don't know how the UCF side... Feels about it but one thing is certain it's going to get rekindled a little bit because UCF is going to join the Sun Belt for men's soccer that's going to be fall of 2023 so when we get Chris Grassi on I believe next week we'll have something a little bit more to chew on other than the schedule UCF has a lot to Sun Belt first of all this is a team that has been in three of the past four NCAA tournaments so there's some credibility instantly with UCF coming in. 9-8 and eight in soccer in the 2021 season. Not maybe the best record, but still, this is a good program. And they haven't faced off against Marshall in a long while. So there might need to be a little rekindling of the rivalry. I don't know what the current configuration of Marshall soccer is feels about this. However, I think the fans are going to quickly educate the, the, the players. That's usually what happens. The fans will educate the players. If it's an important game, social media, just one-on-one interactions, the players will find out. They don't have to do anything. They're going to be told that, look, Marshall doesn't like UCF. There's a history here. There's sort of a... I don't want to say animosity, but there is that little spark there, at least for herd fans. Marshall fans do not like UCF. Now, is this going to mean that maybe in the future some other sports can see a renewal of the rivalry or at least a little bit of a – we might see softball, we might see baseball a little bit more on the schedule, maybe basketball again. Heaven knows, football, could that be a possibility? Nobody knows for sure. But at least in this instance, soccer, you got a relationship that's going to reform here. And it's going to mean something. It's going to be a conference match. That's what makes it really special. That's why I love the fact that Marshall and West Virginia are going to be in the same conference and a sport in which both are pretty much almost equals. And West Virginia has gotten the best of Marshall. Marshall has gotten the best of West Virginia before. So there's a lot of back and forth. I think this is going to be similar. How strong is Sunbelt Conference soccer going to be? We're going to see if Marshall soccer can really stand up to it. That's the big challenge right now. Can Marshall men's soccer keep up? Or can Marshall men's soccer lead the way? If I know Chris Grassy, he's loving this right now. He wants to play the very best. He wants to prove that he's the very best. He intends for this team to win another national championship. He believes it. And he set out to win the first one, and he made it happen. So I'm sure somewhere down the line he's going to manifest or at least get the herd close. If not, hit the bullseye, win the prize once again. That's going to be the fun to watch, but this means that – the sun bell is going to be really strong in this sport all of the sudden, and this is a growth sport. Now, is this going to overtake college football? No, it's never going to overtake college football. If it happens, it won't be in my lifetime. It won't be in your lifetime if this overtakes college football. But this is the world's game, and it's growing. And I think with the World Cup coming back to the United States and there'll be a few sites in Mexico as well, so coming back to North America, United States primarily, uh, Canada as well, this is going to be a huge, huge time for soccer to start making a little bit more of an inroad into, well, the hearts and minds of a lot of youth. I mean, go after the kids, right? What's one of the activities that kids play? Soccer all the time it's not expensive it's affordable to play and so you got to spend a lot of money for football you got to spend a lot of money for baseball basketball maybe not so much basketball you get a ball and a hoop and let's go you know football is a little bit more specialized with equipment baseball a little bit more specialized with equipment you know don't even get me started with hockey and again that's that's not even in the equation here at least locally But soccer, a field, Nets, and a ball. Let's go. And we can play. So this is going to be huge, at least locally, because we're going to have another good opponent come in. I mean, if you're looking for a reason to go support the men's soccer team, here's another one, UCF. Let's get after UCF. I'm I'm excited about that. So – We'll talk to Chris Grassi sometime next week about this. And uh, he kind of dropped that. He hinted at that. This isn't really a surprise. When I saw that come out, this was not a surprise to me as far as them joining. Where else were they really going to go? They really didn't have too many opportunities or options out there that made sense for them. And where else would they want to go? I think the Sun Belt made perfect sense for them, at least in this regard. Because... You don't want to stay in the American. Do you want to stay in the American? No, you don't want to stay in the American. Do you want to then look at other opportunities and say, here's the MAC? Well, I, I don't think the MAC is going to be as strong. MAC isn't as strong. It's really good, but maybe it just, you don't want to go back to the MAC. And then you look at Conference USA and you saw where it just imploded. So that's not even an option, where it might once have been an option. Conference USA could have been an option, and then Marshall left, and basically all the major players, for the most part, left. So where else was UCF really going to go? Sunbelt makes perfect sense. So uh, Sunbelt soccer is crazy. Sunbelt soccer is turning into, at least in this sport, the Sunbelt can be a major player right on. Out of the gate, major player. Already there's credibility. You have name programs in soccer, in the Sun Belt. All of a sudden, the core membership's strong. You have a national champion in Marshall. I'm not saying Marshall's the darling of the Sun Belt. I'm not pulling a Christian Spears here on you. But in soccer, there's a lot of room for growth, and there's a lot of opportunity for leadership here. So uh, I think Chris Grassy's going to have his hands full, and I think he likes it that way. When we continue, we're going to continue to talk soccer. So I hope you uh, enjoy today because we've got Michael Swan joining me. I'm looking forward to talking to him about the upcoming season, the schedule. Always a pleasure to talk to him. Please stick around. Michael Swan coming up. More of your phone calls and text and tweets are always welcome. Text line is 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. And you can tweet at me as well, at Paul Swan. More coming up on this edition of The Drive on ESPN, 94.1 and AM 930.
0: This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930.
1: We continue on with this edition of The Drive for Tuesday, June 21st. I want to welcome to the program now. He's becoming one of my favorite people at Marshall University. He's Michael Swan, the head coach of the Marshall women's team. and Congratulations, Coach. The schedule coming out a couple of days ago. and I know you've got to be really excited about your first go-around in the Sun Belt.
0: Yeah, very excited. We're um, looking forward to a new challenge, um, new places to go play, new opposition. Um, It's it's an exciting time for the university, the athletic department, and Know, can't wait to get started in August.
1: Let's talk a little bit about the makeup of your schedule. As far as the Sun Belt is concerned, it's a little different than the men's, and that's okay because you know, fundamentally the core membership is there for both the men and women. You've got a little bit of a different path to go through. You don't have the South Carolina, the West Virginias on the schedule, but what you do have it seems to be really challenging, and it feels like, this might be the right place for Marshall women's soccer. What's your your gut telling you? What's your feelings on this?
0: Well, it's a it's a great starting point. I mean, we're obviously joining a new conference with um, with some good opposition in there already. You know, given the the track record of South South Alabama, and um, you know, we're adding ourselves to the mix. Old Dominion into the mix, James Madison into the mix, and Southern so the missing the mix. So you know, we formed a pretty. Pretty strong conference of 14 teams um, on women's soccer. So, you know, you look at where the RPI is, and you look at what teams have done. You know, going into you know this past postseason, and you can you can see we've got two two teams that are in the national tournament with Old Dominion and and um, South Alabama who made it this year. So, you know, it's a strong conference. It's not a power five conference like the men, obviously. Um, You know, we've got a lot more teams in women's soccer, 330 something, and adding. To the mix, so you know the men's a little bit different with a number closer to 200. So we've got more teams playing, more competition, more less at large bids for the for the um, outside of the Power Five, and we're hoping to be there. So we can we can make a push for it. Years to come,
1: with the transition pretty much complete now, as Marshall will be an official member here in a few days uh, in the Sun Belt. What do you feel has been most beneficial for you as you've made this transition? Because it still feels like you're trying to get started with everything that's happened since you've been here at Marshall. You try to hit the ground running. We have the pandemic. We're finally getting past that. We now have a new athletic director, so it feels like things are on the upswing once again, moving forward. What do you think has been most helpful for you as you've tried to get this program started the way you want to, and at the same time transition into a new league with a lot of unknown?
0: Yeah, I, you know, Paul, I feel like I've been, you know, one of those um, sporting events where you know you could put NASCAR in the mix or or Formula One racing. You're getting ready to start the race, and the thunder, the thunder clouds come over the course, and you know you hit the pause button. So. I feel that this year for for me and and you know I would say for for the majority of our the kids in our program this is year 1 um year 1 for us you know was was kind of a a stop start thing in itself with covid um obviously you know it came in right at the start of the pandemic and we weren't able to recruit for 16 months you know we've been able to get out and Hit, you know, we talked about it a few weeks ago. Hit the ground running with some recruitment and we bought in a couple of transfers who are going to add to the program. Um, I think I think the cool thing that we've been able to do, and the one thing that's been able to help us quite a bit, is we've been able to see what we've got as a program and what we need to learn with, and what we need to do. Obviously, the the new athletic director coming in has has kind of give the the university a big, you know, breath of fresh air, and you know, President Smith coming in with with great ideas as well has been. It's been exciting. Um, So I think when the students get back onto campus, they're going to see those changes that we've been working on, you know, in the postseason with with the assistant coaches. Um, But they're going to see the changes with the athletic department as well. Um, I think it's going to be an exciting year for for Marshall athletics, not just women's soccer, but all the other sports as well. Um, We're we're ready to go. You know, this is it. There's no thunderclouds this year, I hope.
1: What are some of those changes that you've been making as far as you share, uh, you have a great relationship with Chris Grassi, and and it benefits yeah. both of you because what's good for men's soccer is good for women's soccer. What's good for women's soccer is good for men's soccer. That goes from how both programs are run, facilities, everything. So, you know, what have you two benefited from the most with Christian Spears, or what are you excited about that's coming forward as you're trying to transition into the Sun Belt, build your program? and take advantage of really a new excitement on campus with Christian Spears as the athletic director.
0: Yeah. You know, the big thing that that me and Chris have got ourselves is we've got a great relationship and it's, you know, we, we filter that down to our student athletes. You know, our, you know, if you walk into a women's soccer building, you know, the men's soccer players are chatting away with me and my coaching staff and our women, our women's team are doing the same with the men's coaching staff. And we've, We've really, really worked on that relationship um, amongst the two programs. We've got a great facility, um, we've got an amazing facility, and we've got a you know a, a culture that we want to keep building on um, and keep growing with. So, you know that's the that's the part that we look at and within our four walls, what we're excited about. But you know the challenge that that Christians made to us as coaches, um, you know, the, I wouldn't say the gauntlet that's been thrown down, but it's the hey, we want to win championships that's what we all want to do as coaches and, you know, we can't wait to keep kicking on from that. Um, you know, we're starting from a different position than the men's team, of course, but, um, you know, we, we are getting there. Um, and, and just seeing that when we come in August one, just the, the energy that I think we're going to bring as a team, as a coach and staff, as an athletic department, is probably the one big thing that we're that we're just looking forward to.
1: Michael Swans, my guest. The Marshall soccer schedule is out for the women. You've got a couple of exhibition matches coming up in August, and then you got to go right into it. Who excites you on this schedule? Non conference, first of all, you have High Point, Akron, Moorhead State, and Ohio, and you also have Liberty and Radford, and always a fun one for me, Miami, Ohio, as I still have some of those uh, Mac memories from years ago. What excites you about this non-conference schedule, and, and what do you like about it as you try to get ready for the Sun Belt?
0: Yeah, the thing that excites me more than anything about it is, you know, we, we're looking at teams like Ohio and Miami who, who've who been right at the top of the mark. Um, You know, we challenged ourselves by playing those teams locally, of course, but, you know, you want to win those recruiting battles. And, you know, we're starting to do that with some of the, the recruits that we're looking at in 23, and we've already, you know, we're going down that road of trying to win those battles. Um, so those games are, are kind of like the, the derby matches that you want to win that you have to win. Um, but at the same time you're going up against teams that are fighting for conference championships on you know the Mac, you, you go down to Liberty um, and you look at Radford, those are two teams in, in their respective conferences that are really looking to push themselves or they've pushed themselves to the point you know given the, you know the, the culture that they've got to, to win the conference tournament. So you know, we're challenging ourselves out of conference. Um, with some of those teams who are competing to get you know into the, the national tournament, so these are teams that they're kind of geared to win. You know they've been looking to to win their conference for years. So you know we're a team that's you know kind of looking to kickstart our conference career, um, given going into the Sunbelt So that really excites me to see where we're going to go with that, with those with those types of games. And then not to forget High Point, national. They went to the national tournament last year, so you know we want to get them at home and and get a big crowd out at the. The field for open tonight and get a big W there.
1: Then you get to open your Sunbelt schedule against Southern Miss. Sure it's yep. not a it's not a new opponent, but still this is your first Sunbelt match and the way the schedule works out, it seems like it's well thought out. Your home road, home road. Do you like that format the way that the Sunbound has gone about forming uh, these schedules with all these new members and, and just the way the Sun Belt handled its business so far.
0: You know, it's it's been a challenge for the Sun Belt to, to get a schedule that's going to fit everyone, and and, I, and it's hard to do it in the sports like women's soccer with 14 teams and the the amount that we have to travel. There's pros and cons. You know, the pros are you you might get a team at home um, on the Thursday, and you might have to travel on the Sunday. That's hard to do. You know, that's difficult to do. Uh, we've got a couple of those weekends. You know, there's going to be situations where we are going to play a game away on a Thursday, and we are traveling back home, and we are racing to get home for our Sunday game. That's going to be a challenge. You know, Conference USA did that years ago um, in women's soccer. I think it was 2016 or 15 that that they did that, and they tweaked it again. You know, so this is this is the first go around for for the Sun Belt. They've done a great job with it. Um, there's been great discussion amongst coaches. You know, we may not find the ideal schedule year one, but you know, I think the Sun Belt and the professionalism that they've showed will get it right year two, year three, year four.
1: What do you feel, though? Um, as far as the Sun Belt's concerned, they're starting from scratch. It feels like with the men, for women, it's been there. So, what are some of the takeaways you think? that are coming with all the new members coming in and, and both women's and men's soccer feel like they need different things, especially the way, as you outlined earlier, how it's structured differently. There's more teams of course. So what are some of the lessons you think that are being learned as all these coaches are getting together as a group for the first time? I mean, the meetings were not that long ago and this is really your first opportunity to get together with some of your new conference mates.
0: Yeah, it's a, you know, from myself and, and the Old Dominion coach and the the Southern Miss, Miss coach, it was it was actually fun for us to sit in the room and and listen to it from the Sunbelt point of view. You know what the scheduling could look like. Um, the great thing that we were able to do was is turn around to those coaches and say, hey, you you better think what you wish for. Uh, we've got to get this right. We can't go backwards. You've got to move move forwards. Um, you know, so that's been that's been kind of fun to do and. You know, just listening to to their perspective and then themselves listening to our perspective, we just know it's it, it's a work in progress. But one of the things that they've been able to do more than anything in the in the Sun Belt is they've really looked at can we get this fair? Can we get this right? Is the travel going to work? You know, h- how's it all going to look when it comes to selecting the the teams to go on to the conference tournament? Is it going to hurt our RPI? Is it going to hurt where we're going to sit in the conference? So. You know, it's, that's been a challenge, but at the same time, it's been actually eye-opening to, to see it from somewhat of an administrative point of view.
1: How strong do you feel this league is? You come from Conference USA into a new opportunity for both you and for your team. But evaluating the strength of this league, we know what the men's side is going to look like already. We, we just you know, We see so many strong teams there. Maybe some unknowns, or at least some unknowns for uh, for a lot of us, what the Sun Belt on the women's side looks like. What's your evaluation yeah. of this league?
0: Um, well, you know, I've had, I had time to play against a lot of the schools, given my time in Conference USA with Charlotte, and then playing an, a regional schedule in Charlotte too when I was down there. You know, so I know that I know the work that you know a lot of these Sun Belt coaches have put in over the over the last few years, um, and they're building. You know, they've been building, and they're looking to build again um you know you've seen the rise of some of the programs in in the conference such as old dominion and southern miss over the last few years i think we're primed i think we're 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 in a position of strength you know given the the shift of power in, in conference usa and and you know the new membership coming in and the the old membership leaving in ourselves and some of the other schools that we've positioned ourselves in a women as a women's soccer conference to be you know the best of the next five and i think that's where we're sitting right now you know it's only going to get better if we can if we can improve our rpi winning percentage against the top 50 teams which is also a big challenge um you know given the given the resources that they have but we're going to push you know we're going to push to get there but you know overall i think we're sitting in a position of power you know being the the best of the next five
1: Michael Swan's with me, the head coach of the Marshall women's soccer team. Okay, I had Christian Spears on last week. He said that Marshall was the darling of the Sun Belt. Uh, do you concur with that evaluation that Marshall the darling of the Sun Belt right now?
0: Uh, I think a lot of people look at us. I think a lot of people see our brand, see our history, see what we've done in the past, and, and are just, you know, they want to be see what we've got. They want to be part of it. I do think that we are kind of that sport, or, well, not the sport, but the institution that. Teams are looking at and going, they may be the group that's going to take us further than any other school in the in the conference. Not to be arrogant, but it's just the history and and people like yourself and all the support that we've got all over the state. You know that's going to push us where we need to go.
1: Michael Swans with me. Okay, before I let you go, I know you got a busy week ahead of you. Uh, I know this, the fans don't. So I'll just go ahead and throw it out right now. Uh, you're going to a baseball game soon. Who are you taking? You, you're looking at the Cubs. You're taking. You taking the Pirates? Who are you looking at this week?
0: <laughs> I think I've got to take the Pirates. I think I have to take the Pirates because I think, uh, you know, it's one of the the, 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 the darling teams of, of this region, I believe, is, is the Pittsburgh Pirates. So I'm looking forward to that. I appreciate everything, um, you know, coming from your end. And we'll send you some pictures.
1: Please do. I, I'm excited. You, you've you been, you know, I know you're a pretty busy guy, but you've been to baseball before. This isn't like your first trip to a baseball game, is it?
0: No, no, no. I've actually been to a Pirates game um, many, many, many years ago um, with with a bunch of my friends. And it was a come, come from behind victory. I think it was like 7-6 they, they beat. I can't remember the team, but I do remember it went extra innings. And um, it was a grand slam that won it. That's all I remember.
1: So there you go. You're the good luck charm. The Pirates are gonna win tomorrow, and yeah. you're gonna be the reason there. Uh, you know what you should do though is, uh, when you get there, don't tell them that you know you've been to a game before. Like just say, "Hey, this is my first game here." And I think you get a certificate or something so you can. Uh, oh, I do. I think you do. I think I know in Cincinnati you, you can get a certificate. This is my first game. I don't know if that's the deal in Pittsburgh, so you should ask. Play dumb, like, "Oh, yes, yeah, is my first Pirates game."
0: Yeah, I might have to do that, but I will say this, Paul, the one big thing I'm looking forward to more than anything, because I remember it from my first time there, is the is the race down, I think it's first baseline with the mascot. It's one of the funniest things I've ever seen.
1: They still do it. So, take plenty of pictures. I hope you have a great time in Pittsburgh. Uh, it's uh, it's going to be a fun trip for you. And uh, you know, I was just kind of curious who you were actually rooting for. I didn't know if you were uh, if you were actually a Cubs fan or if you were actually going to pull for the Pirates. So now I got my answer.
0: No, I'm going to root for the Pirates. Uh, did I pick the right team? Yes, we yeah we carry
1: the <laughs> Pirates here, so it's always the right team to pick. Always Excellent. the right team. Yes. Um,
0: Excellent. Well, it's a little bit of a business and pleasure trip that I'm going on, so I can fill you in more about you know, the latter part of that um, you know, after the fact. But, yeah, I appreciate it and can't wait to get the, the family up there and, and be part of it. It'll be our kids' first game. Oh, that's um, awesome. So we're looking forward to that. Yeah.
1: That's awesome. Well, I, I know the business part. I'm excited about that, and I'll, I'll leave it at that. Uh, as far as the fun yeah. part's concerned, have a great time, and uh, we'll get back with you soon. And Hopefully, um, we're talking about maybe, maybe the first Sun Belt Conference championship for Marshall. I know we're looking ahead to too far, but that's my uh, my <laughs> thoughts right there.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking forward to. it. We are absolutely ready to go. Um, we got a great group coming in. Uh, we got a couple of big additions that we're going to announce pretty soon too. So you know, it's going to be an exciting group, uh, a more mature group, and you know, really looking forward to seeing where they're going to go to.
1: I'm looking forward to it, you know, and hey, before I let you go, I just thought of this. I gotta ask you first before I ask Chris or Christian um scoreboard upgrades at the soccer stadium um what can you tell me what what kind of what kind of look are we gonna see here in the near future? Have they shared that with you yet what they're looking to do?
0: They have not shared that with me no,
1: okay, that's probably a smart idea because they knew you were coming on. you'd tell me. <laughs>
0: I'm sure. I'm sure.
1: Coach, good talking to you again. Have fun. We will do it again soon.
0: Thank you. Take care. Thanks, Paul.
1: Michael Swan, head coach of the Marshall Women's Soccer Team. We will get your phone calls and text in. The phone line is 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Our text line, 304-396-TALK. That's 304-396-8255. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
0: This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN, 94.1 FM, and AM 930.
1: Don't forget, you can always be a part of the program by texting at 304-396-TALK, 304-396-8255. Our phone line is open as well, 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. you can find me on Twitter at Paul Swan. Thanks for joining in on today's edition of the Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So softball's getting a lot better. We hope there's some news coming out of softball today for the Thundering Herd. As again, the transfer portal giveth and the transfer portal taketh away. This time, it is giveth, and the addition this time is Sidney Bickle. She is transferring from the University of Louisville. So she will serve as either an infielder or a utility player. That's her role with Louisville. She appeared in 36 games last season for the Cards. She was a pinch runner. She had one at bat last season. She also scored eight runs, and she stole one base. Now, she started in 34 games in 2021 at third base and shortstop. In 46 bats in 2021, she hit 152 with two RBI. So hopefully she's going to add a little value to the softball team. Of course, again, you know you can use her as a utility player, infielder. We'll find out more about her next time we get Megan Smith-Lyon back on the program. Football's been busy as well. We get another commit This time, it's Caleb Clark Glover. He is a three-star defensive back from Cincinnati, Ohio. He will be in the class of 2023. And, you know, Marshall has a good presence in Cincinnati, a good Ohio presence, especially Cincinnati, the Cincinnati alumni group. They're pretty active. They're a little bit more prominent than some of the other groups. And so I've already kind of got a feel from a couple of them a couple of people that I know that they're loving this. The fact that Marshall is actively recruiting Cincinnati area kids. What if Marshall could get some inroads in through Cincinnati? Now, of course, Cincinnati going to be tough to compete with. Right up the street, there's, there's the Bearcats sitting right there pretty and the Big 12, right? Always going to be tough, but at the same time, they only have so many roster spots, and there are a lot of kids in Cincinnati area, and there are a lot of kids in Ohio. And I would love to see a little pipeline between Cincinnati and Huntington. That would be, be really nice. And, of course, there's an alumni group in Cincinnati that pretty supportive of the Thundering Herd, pretty vocal. I mean, Marshall travels to Cincinnati to be a part of the alumni groups. There's a coaches tour there every year, so that's great. Get some kids out of Cincinnati. It's a good area. That's, there's a lot of good football in that area, so that's a pretty big deal to get a commit there. And, of course, if, if Coach Huff can maybe get that pipeline going a little bit more, maybe you can go into Cincinnati, go into that area a little bit more and be a little bit more prominent. And, of course, you never know. You might win a fan or two over. Always an opportunity there. So there was another offer. It's Twitter official now. Is that the term we're going with, Twitter official? Yeah, I think that is. Curtis Jones Jr. making the announcement yesterday on Twitter that he had a great camp. So he's got his first D1 offer for Marshall. Why do you know that name? Well, he's a local kid. So you should be excited about that. He's a local kid. You know, team up the road a little bit. Sitting on top of a hill. You're familiar with them? Huntington? Always want. Always want to have somebody. See if you can always get. I I like what Coach Huff is doing, and I also like what Neil Brown's doing with the West Virginia Mountaineers. Both of them have been really good about looking at local talent and state. I think that's great for the kids in this state that can play Division I football. There might not be as many of those kids that are D1 caliber than other states, but I think we're doing a better job as far as identifying that talent, highlighting that talent. The talent's getting better. There's some really good coaches, even in this area alone, really doing, I think, a great job of of helping these kids improve themselves, get more exposure. I think there is that adage where if, if you're good, they'll find you, but it doesn't hurt to be good and to be seen. And so they want to come look at you more. It, It doesn't hurt to, and I'm not talking about just putting out your highlights on Twitter. I'm just talking about doing everything it takes, you know, being on winning programs, which we do have some really good winning programs here in the southern half of the state. And, of course, you know the northern half of the state goes without saying, there's some really good football being played in West Virginia. So I think the coaches across the country are finding these kids. But if Marshall and West Virginia are looking at a lot of these kids, uh, that's going to bring some attention as well to some of the talent because you always want to see what you're – your competition doing. If you're a sunbelt school, okay, who's this kid Marshalls looking at? Oh. Well, maybe we got a shot at him too. Yeah, that's a pretty good find. Maybe we've got a shot at him. You know how coaches are? It's it's not it's not unfair to say that they're super competitive, but they're also pretty good at building relationships. The better coaches that are out there are building relationships. And you got to have connections, and you got to build some inroads. At the same time, though, if you think you can get a kid, you're going to go after him. It doesn't matter. Hey, look, West Virginia made an offer. Okay, well, we're going to go after him as well. I mean, how much do you think it's going to change now as far as West Virginia and Cincinnati being in the same conference? How much do you think it's going to change with possibly maybe – that pipeline goes from West Virginia into Cincinnati as well. I mean, if there's a couple really good kids in the state and West Virginia looking at them, I mean, maybe it gets the attention of Cincinnati a little bit more. Again, West Virginia, I would think as a state, is within that recruiting circle of Cincinnati's and vice versa. So, some good news coming out of football as far as commitments. Again, hit the Steph Curry GIF. Anytime you see it, you know the herd's getting bigger. Coach Huff is not shy about using that Steph Curry gif. And, again, after Golden State won another championship, he's got a whole new batch of them he can throw out. We might not see, a, we might not see an old one for another year now. There's a lot to work with here. All right, we're going to get our next break in. We'll get your phone calls in and a text. The phone line is 877-420-TALK, 877 877-420. 420 8255. The text line 304-396. Talk 304-396-8255. This is The Drive on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.
0: This is The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.
1: How cool would it be if we had a Mike D'Antoni hiring announcement come real soon. Welcome back to the drive here on ESPN ninety four point one and AM nine thirty. How cool would it be? Mike D'Antoni is meeting with the Charlotte Hornets. Could we see the addition of Mike D'Antoni to Charlotte basketball? First of all, it'd be fun for for brother for brother Dan on that off day. He could maybe take that trip now and then, you know, go see, go see a little. He likes, he likes Charlotte, by the way. Spent, spent a few years there, you know, traveling to Charlotte. He likes Charlotte. But I'm kind of curious if this is actually going to go through. he was a finalist for the position before, so there could be an announcement soon. Maybe we're going to see Mike D'Antoni coaching Charlotte. Could this be... The final stop for him, I mean, will he ever stop? It feels like this might be the next to last job for him. If this goes well, maybe he can retire Charlotte. It seems like it's going to be a, a pretty good season for him. I mean, he's still got the coaching bug and coaching as an assistant for Brooklyn. I mean, he's a multiple Coach of the Year award winner, and he's got experience. He really wasn't on a bad team. When was he really on? I mean, okay, the Laker thing might have not been the best situation, but the Laker job is really not the best situation for many coaches. Look at the coaches that had long-term success with the Lakers and look at those personalities and then look at the front office surrounding those coaches and look at the ownership surrounding those coaches. And then look at it today and look at it a few years ago with with Mike and Dan being there. We know Mike can coach. It's not as if he just showed up and read a book and said, all right, let's go throw some plays out here. No, he can coach. And you had Kobe on your team. Say what you will about Kobe. Anytime you have Kobe on your team, you have a chance or you had a chance with Kobe on your team. So he can coach. He's done well. It's just maybe get the right situation. Maybe Charlotte's the right situation. And with an owner like Michael Jordan, you want to win. You know it's killing him. You know it's killing him, right? Yeah. The GOAT, it's killing the GOAT. Maybe the GOAT will get that championship as an owner. Maybe it's coming eventually here. It's hard to do. It really is. You don't understand what it's like to be a an owner or behind the scenes until not on the court anymore, and you're out there on the sideline or you're in the front office, you're trying to make it work from this point of view, and all of a sudden, it's, it's completely different here, completely different. Not to say that players can't transition and make good coaches. We've seen that. It's not to say that coaches – you know, can't make good front office decisions. We've seen that. It's just very hard. I'll dip into hockey just for a second. And use this analogy. Wayne Gretzky, one of the very best to ever play the game. One, yeah, you can argue his position in the grand scheme of things. For me, he's one overall greatest of all time. That coaching thing in Phoenix didn't go well for him did not go well for him. I, I don't know how much he learned from that because I think Edmonton was a better situation for him. But you can't be Mario Lemieux every day and just come into a situation and resurrect a team. That's very special. It's very hard to do. And I'm sure he had a lot of help and a lot of luck as well. It's very hard. But that's, that's the exception to the rule here. And I think the same thing in basketball. But honestly, I think... Given the right situation, I think Mike, I think Charlotte and Mike might be a good fit. Maybe once that is announced, we can get Mike on. If not, Dan. Dan can tell us how he feels about it. That, that would be a good fit for him to uh, talk a little bit about. Okay, we gotta get into a lot real quick. Pirates, big win over the Cubs last night, 12-1. Back in action tonight here on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. Tampa Bay last night. Beat Colorado 6-2. Again, it was ugly. Can I get some close hockey, please? Thank you. That would be nice. Broncos retiring again. Again. And we're out of time. That's going to do it for this edition. We will be back tomorrow to do it all over again. Lindsey Webb tentatively scheduled from the Charleston Dirty Birds. She can tell us about everything happening with the Birds Tomorrow, I believe we got Christian Spears on Friday. And uh, we're working on Thursday as well. So we got a couple things cooking for you. You want to find out about it? Be back here tomorrow on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Have a great night, everyone.
0: RBC Huntington, W231BS Huntington, broadcasting from
1: the Oscars Breakfast, Burgers, and Brew Studios. This is ESPN 94.1 and AM 930.